This is an extra episode of the A2 Schools podcast of a recent presentation to the Ann Arbor Public Schools Board of Education. Ms. Minnick is joining us. Uh, trustees, this, other than the night of the audit, uh, which comes at Thanksgiving, as many of you know so well, uh, this is the other really big night of the year on Ann Arbor Public Schools budget. And I'll give just one brief introduction, Ms. Minnick, because you will carry the rest of it. Uh, but we really are talking, trustees, as you know, about where we've been where we are currently, and where we're going next. She is bringing forward the amended budget. Now, for those who are old enough, and not everyone here is, for me, that's kind of the reconciling of the checking account. You know, the, the budget was a spending plan for this year, but the question is, how did that turn out? And so she'll be sorting through those adjustments, or amendments that we're completing to this current year budget. Well, very good. Thank you, Dr. Swift, for Thanks. that comprehensive and uh, very well-spoken introduction. I appreciate that. And good evening, trustees and community. Uh, as Dr. Swift mentioned, I will begin uh, the presentations this evening with the proposed amended budget. We continue to focus here on the general fund. That is the focus of our presentations this evening, as we have always in our previous years as well, which is the primary and main operating fund of the district, the general fund. There are budgets and resolutions uh, for the other three special revenue funds that we show in our monitoring report attached to board docs for your review. Um, those are there as well, however, but tonight we will focus on the general fund. We have learned uh, from our audit position uh, in November, as Dr. Swift mentioned, uh, since we adopted the budget, we have learned of our enrollment. Uh, importantly, we have learned of legislative action around school aid and other types of revenues. Uh, so all those things will be incorporated into, uh, or have been incorporated into these proposed numbers for your review this evening. This slide, of course, is, is not meant to be legible, but rather a visual of what that budget document looks like in your packet this evening and in the, in the budget book online for your review. Uh, so let's take a closer look. However, we will break it down uh, into a revenue section. We'll take a look at the instructional expenditures and the non-instructional uh, expenditures, and then the impact of all of those things on our bottom line. Uh, but let's take a closer look into revenues here. We will break it down into these four sources of revenue, local sources, state, federal, and what we call inter-district sources. So on the next slide, we will take a look at the local and state combined revenues. We know that primarily foundation allowance has both a local property tax component and then state dollar component. The state monies complement uh, the local tax collections to compute those monies we receive on a per pupil basis. So we've drawn the blue bar around the local and state numbers to bring your attention there. So when we combine those numbers, which sometimes it's easier to think of those as a combined value, although there are other line items within there, the total local and state source revenues as adopted called for a budget of 234.1 million. We anticipate now that we will collect $255.9 million in local and state sources. That's an increase of $21.7 million 
over the originally adopted budget. So some reasons for that change, those highlights, those significant drivers of those changes include some notes below the, uh, below the numbers there. Uh, foundation allowance, special education at risk and categoricals at about $1.1 million to our revenue projections. We had originally projected and assumed an increase of $435 per pupil as the amount of the increase, but the actual increase was $450 per pupil. And then we saw adjustments as well in special education, at risk, and those categoricals. Now the largest change in the revenue is of course the Michigan Public Schools Employees Retirement System one-time deposit pass-through. We talked last month about the significant amount uh, one time just for this fiscal year that is now coming through as a pass-through, meaning we will collect these monies as revenues from the state. We must record them as revenues. And then shortly thereafter receiving them, we will remit them back to the state of Michigan. So in that way, we will see it again on the expenditure side of the ledger on a slide coming up. But at this point on revenues, we must acknowledge the $14.3 million we will see this year as one-time revenues. And then, of course, we have new state grants, including a safety grant, as well as a mental health grant, and then just various other state grant increases that total $4.33 million. So those are the primary significant highlights attributing uh, then to that variance increase of $21.7 million increase anticipated in local and state revenues. On this next slide, we take a look at inter-district sources. Our federal sources are here as well, but those are just what are really nominal variances in those federal grants, IDEA, Head Start, uh, Title I grants. Those ebb and flow as those allocations change, uh, but those change to the tune of $281,000. But on the inter-district sources, I want to bring your attention here because that's another significant variance of $4.2 million. And that's attributable to a one-time adjustment uh, payout, if you will, of $3 million from the Public Act 18 monies. That's the Public Act 18 that supports our special education, countywide millage, and that is just a one-time payout of some accumulation of a number of adjustments of those payments that flow through the WISD. Now that's a one-time adjustment, so we will see that again in next year's proposed budget that we will not receive that revenue. So uh, on our next slide then, we'll move to expenditures. Again, this is just an excerpt of that budget document so that you can see the visually the layout of that document. We will take a look at instructional services, uh, instructional supports, and then of course the non-instructional uh, expenditures as well. Here we will take a look at the instructional services and instructional support services. Uh, very importantly, these line items comprise 85% of our total operating budget, which is where these dollars belong. Classroom, teaching and learning, everything to support the classrooms uh, for the students that we serve. So in that variance column there, we see that our anticipated expenditures will increase over the adopted budget amount by $24.2 million. Our adopted original budget, in the column there, we see 100 originally budgeted, $168.4 million for instructional services, nearly $71 million for instructional support, 
And then in the proposed amended column, we see those numbers increasing there to 190.9 million and 72.7 .7 million, respectively. So what is driving these increased costs on the instructional side? We have a number of things. Dr. Swift alluded to the compensation increases to attract and retain our exceptional and quality staff. And these are themes that we've heard month after month in our monitoring reports as well. Continued high utilization of contracted services. We have inflationary costs of those materials and supplies and services that we've been talking about. Typical price increases, just as we've seen in our own household budgets. And then again, that significant allocation of the Michigan Public Schools Employees Retirement System one-time pass-through money showing up here now on the, on the expenditure side of the ledger. And that one-time deposit then is $14.3 million, uh, more than half, nearly 60% of the total variance in, uh, in all. So those are the primary drivers for those anticipated increases uh, and proposed to in an amended budget for expenditures on the instructional side. On the non-instructional side, uh, looking then at those columns of the adopted original budget and the proposed amended budget, and then looking over to the variance column there, for the total non-instructional support services, we see an anticipated increase of $4.9 million in expenditures. Some of the things that have given, risen, given rise to that, likewise, are those increased employee compensation packages to attract and retain quality staff in all of these just as important as well, support services around the classroom district-wide, and then increased or expanded operations agreements to maintain quality and full service contracted agreements. Here we're, we think of transportation, uh, custodial services, we think of preventive maintenance, we think of air filters and water filters and nuts and bolts and all kinds of supplies uh, to keep the infrastructure in good repair, and also to keep services, ancillary services, to children and students going in, in the form of transportation uh, and clean buildings. Also importantly, higher utility and energy costs and higher fuel costs, of course. When we add those non-instructional support services to two more line items, community activities and other financing uses there, we anticipate an increase of overall of those non-instructional support services to amount to $5.2 million. The community activities and the other financing uses are just nominal changes, yet those reflect supports around our Title I grant and other ancillary type interfund changes between general fund and the other funds. Then let's take a look then and a comprehensive overview of the revenues, expenditures, and then the impact of those on our bottom line. So on the revenue line, we see that we had originally adopted a budget which assumed incoming revenues of $278.7 million. Reading across, we see a recommended proposed amended budget of $305.3 million. And that is that variance of $26.5 million we saw earlier. On the expenditure line, the original budget, as we have now, calls for $282.4 million of expenditures. We now anticipate $311.8 million of expenditures, and that is a variance of an increase of $29.4 million. So the total of revenue 
over or under expenditures then, we anticipate in our original current budget that use of fund balance, of a, as I've mentioned in the monitoring report, of $3.7 million. And I'm going to read down that column now. So when we add that to a beginning fund balance that we projected at the beginning of the year of $21.4 million, we then end with a projected end-of-year fund balance of $17.7 million. That was what the original budget had called for. And at the time, the fund balance as a percent of revenues and expenditures was 6.3 and 6.3, respectively. As we move over to that proposed amended budget column line, we see a line item called fund balance beginning of year audited. And if we can go to the next slide, I'd like to focus on that just for a minute to walk us through that. At the time that we adopted the budget for this school year, it was in June of 2022. And as Dr. Swift mentioned, we adopted that budget on assumptions that were not yet known. Enrollment, state aid, and our financial position for the end of the preceding school year. So once the board adopted the budget for the 22-23 school year, we moved into July when the legislature took action on school aid. We moved into August and September and October, which are the months of our audit. And we opened the next school year to learn of our actual enrollment. And then grants started to come through. And we learned about new categoricals and all those kinds of things. But at the time of the audit in November, that's when our financial position was revealed and announced in our audit report. And we learned that the fund balance did not come in at $21.4 million, but rather at $19.6 million. So on the next slide, we need to think about how did we go from $17 million to this now proposed $13 million? We start with that budgeted use of fund balance of $3.6 million. And we have to take that against the true known audited fund balance, rather than the projected fund balance, because that value is now known. So when we, when we subtract the $3.7 million from the $19.6 million, then we know then that the budgeted ending fund balance really is $15.9 million we have to now replace that projected ending fund balance with what we now know to be the audited ending, uh, beginning fund balance for, the, for this school year. Then, on the next slide please, as we look at our proposed budget and we anticipate another variance of the $2.8 million bottom line impact of revenue and expenditures, we then have to account for that $2.8 million dollar additional use of our fund balance against that 15 million dollars to arrive at our projected ending fund balance of 13.1 million dollars. So I hope that's adding just a little bit of more illustration visually of how we would move from this adopted budget anticipating a 17.7 million dollar fund balance and moving into a 13.1 million dollar balance. Thank you for listening to this extra episode of the A2 Schools podcast featuring a recent presentation to the Ann Arbor Public Schools Board of Education. Please subscribe to our podcast to hear Superintendent Swift talk about important AAPS issues and more. You can find out more about AAPS at a2schools.org.